for sale. Hey everybody, it's the Boy Hattie Podcast. I'm Annie. I'm Bill. We're here to talk to you about more pop culture garbage, and we're going to probably not talk about Star Wars after last week's Star Wars <laughs> Smorgasbord. Apologies to anyone who does not like Star Wars, or, you know, even even bigger apologies to anyone who doesn't care about Star Wars, but who managed to sit through at least half of last week's <laughs> podcast anyway. I'm so pleased that you're able to drop me off at my home after we stole the Millennium Falcon. That was very kind of you, Bill. I just tried, well, once we escaped from the swamp creature Wampa, the swamp Wampa, I guess, is what uh-huh. we got attacked by at the end. I can't remember. I got hit on the head. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, we made it home. Who Bill, what'd you do with the good old Millennium Falcon? Well, this is what happened. I can't believe E.T. came back. Oh, okay. Well, because time dilation, E.T. came back to, to find Elliot, but it's 30, 30 years later, Elliot's dead. And so he found us, and then he took us okay. to space, and it just happens to be the first space fort he took us to had the Millennium Falcon, and then we got okay. attacked by the stormtroopers, and then we had to run away the Millennium Falcon. That, that, but that I'm asking you, adventure. what did you do with the Millennium Falcon after you dropped me off my house? It stayed on the planet. I can't remember how we got back to Earth. Did E.T. <laughs> drop us off? I can't remember. <laughs> I uh, remember we got attacked by the Swamp Wampas. Fair enough. Um, fair enough. Uh, Bill, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I, I'm just happy I don't have to spend two days recording uh, or editing this week's podcast, which that's kind of <laughs> nice. I had a, a last, like doing all that editing for last week's podcast was really fun, but that was really an all weekend long project. I believe it, son. Well, you did more than just one or two little things. It that's took for me sure. well. It took me a whole day just to break apart the MP3s just to just to get the Star Wars sound effects for the podcast. I don't know yeah. if I, I don't know if I even mentioned this on the podcast before exactly how I got all these Star Star Wars sound effects is. Um, a couple of years ago, I bought a, uh, I bought a book about the sound effects of Star Wars and lent it to friend of the podcast, co-host last week, uh, Mike Russell, who then ripped all the sound effects from that Star Wars book because it came with like a, a digital audio uh, speaker that l- lets you actually mm-hmm. listen to the sounds of the Star Wars galaxy while reading about how the sounds were created. So he ripped the, uh, all the sound effects in this one long, 45-minute long mp3 and then gave me the mp3 and he gave that to me a couple years ago so i've been sitting on this like huge mp3 file containing all these star wars sound effects so i decided this week uh well last week with us doing the whole star wars uh, episode it'd be a good idea to sit down and break apart all those let's i think it's 250 separate star wars sound effects and so i broke them all up labeled them i have i i have, I have like i have a huge folder sitting on my desktop now of uh, they're all broken down by uh, the two trilogies and which movie in the trilogy. There's even a separate folder for uh, sound effects specific to the Clone Wars cartoon. Ooh. Uh, which is funny because I think I only wound up using like a dozen different sound effects for last week's episode out of that 250. But now yeah. I have this gold mine of Star You're Wars prepared. sound effects that I'm sitting on. So uh, I fully expect that every episode for the next two and a half years... <laughs> Just uh-huh. to be laced with random Star Wars sound effects from now on. But yeah, then it took like a whole day and a half just to edit last week's podcast, which was really fun. I felt like Ben Burt. It was a good time. <laughs> it was, it was, it was kind of soothing and therapeutic. Well, it's yeah. It was really intensive work for like working in a medium that I'm not usually worse. I'm not usually yeah. used to working with sound that much. So yeah. it's kind of funny doing my own little bit of Star Wars sound design, which is funny because it's not like there's yeah. that much crazy shit going on in that episode. Mostly it's just the sound of the Millennium Falcon uh, whirring in the background. But, but still, you could be proud of your accomplishments. Yeah, for two and a half hours, we all got to live in the Star, uh, Star Wars universe. That's for a right. While. So it was a good test. And uh, yeah, thanks again to Conley Smith, uh, Jimmy Pressler, and Mike Russell for sitting in with us last week. Yeah, they were such sweethearts. Yeah, that was really sports. fun. Yeah. Yeah. We had a really good Star Wars 
Wars conversation, too. It wasn't just bullshit. Like, I knew we would probably end up talking about, like, how we got into Star Wars and talking about our favorite parts of Star Wars again, which we've actually talked about that before on the podcast. But it was still, it was it was a good conversation. It wasn't us just, like, fan-wanking the whole time. We, we were having yeah. legitimate conversations about story and... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's pretty interesting. We got to learn about Conley's strong feelings about what colors Mandalorians can and cannot use. Oh, she's completely justified, though. That marketing for the new no, Clone Wars cartoon is bullshit. Yeah, so people who didn't listen last week, yeah, so the new Star Wars cartoon that they're coming out with, uh, all the female characters are being marketed mostly by, like, how they dress and kind of, like, all the girly stuff they do, whereas the guys are being marketed by, like, you know, their, their story stuff, their character-centric yeah. stuff, whereas the girls are like, she likes pink, she's an artist, she likes to do this, but nothing, like, they don't explain what this, like, pink Mandalorian warrior chick is actually doing on the show. It's just about, yeah. they talk about her hobbies, rather she, than, she like, what that character tagging. actually is. I like how I said, we probably won't talk about Star Wars, and then we immediately Obviously, start we're talking about Conley's beef with a specific piece of Star Wars stuff that people may sure. not understand if you didn't listen to the last <laughs> Whatever podcast. Whatever you need to justify yourself. Well, She's a friend of the podcast. I want to make it sound like she's just arbitrarily crazy about oh, no. not liking a piece of Star Wars. Oh, no. No, no, no. no, no. How you doing? Uh, well, anyway, how you doing, Bill? How was your week? Uh, what'd you think of the new Constantine trailer? I don't, you know, I am all for adaptations being weird and bad shit. Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, so there, there's the NBC is doing a, a version of the Hellblazer comic. They're going to call Constantine and the trailer just came on. The trailer was weirdly, uh, uh plottingly edited. Mm-hmm. Like it was a little too, there well, was a little too many. two minute long, uh, uh, trailer too. It's not just. Yeah. Like I feel like whenever there's an extended anything, it really just means this is what the draft before the final edit, <laughs> before we took out everything and made it snappy. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, yeah, no, it looks like it looks like goofy bullshit fun, which is all I want. Mm-hmm. Granted, I've never read any of the Hellblazer comics. Yeah, that's, that, context... that's going to be my second question because I know everyone's just happy just because this guy just a is English and b does not look like Keanu Reeves, and for a yeah. lot of people that seems to be say, a triumph right there. My, my only context is the Keanu Reeves movie, which I only watched for Rachel Weisz, and I swear to God, I watched the movie one day on Netflix. I cannot remember anything from it. So what's, is Rachel Weisz like, like Keanu Reeves' uh, girlfriend in that movie? I can't even remember. I don't even remember that Tilda Swinton was in it. Is this before, is this before you had feelings for Rachel Weisz? Bill, I've always had feelings for Rachel Weisz. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You need to write a book about when Andy did finally realize she was actually a little bit gay. Well, I mean, there's a difference between being attracted to a person Mm -hmm. and think, changing your orientation. Oh, I know. Have you never, ever, ever, Bill, Daniel Craig's butt. Oh, you talk about Daniel Craig's I butt. I would eat a jar of mayonnaise out of that dude's butt. Does that mean you are a homosexual? Bill? I don't know. I just think I, I never really thought about it that much. So I'm just saying. <laughs> exactly. I just, I, I just, I just know some guys have hot butts. <laughs> and the other guys are like are really kind of beefy looking hot dog mother looking motherfuckers. Like I, uh, we were watching. I was watching with some friends last night. We were watching some trans uh, transgender. I don't even know if they're actually transgendered or if it's just transvestite. Uh, um. Bulgarian pop music. Uh, well, what happened? Did you did you listen to any of the? Or was watch it the any of the Austrian? Uh, what's 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 her name? Um, Are we talking Con- about the Eurovision Conchita? lady? Yeah, yeah. Conchita uh, is that her name? Ch- Chiquita Banana or whatever the fuck her name was. <sighs> hey, I'm just being racist, not transphobic or sexist. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, whatever. Her name was like Conchita, Conchita Worst. Uh, and is. so that got us looking up uh, some friends of mine. They out. They they're fans of a Bulgarian, uh, whatever it is. It's 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 it's. I, I shouldn't say it. 
how does Bill navigate this conversation without sounding horrible? It's 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 a guy, uh, but it has makeup and stuff. But it's a big beefy guy. His name is has Aziz, A S I Z. He's from Bulgaria, but he's a big muscle guy, and he's like a little painted on goatee. Oh, looks kind of painted on, a little white painted on goatee, but lots of eye makeup and stuff. And uh, he, he's fucking fantastic, but he's a big beefy guy crawling around, uh, crawling around on a bed with a bunch of other big beefy guys. And so we're just like exploring the world of European. Seemingly, I don't know if they actually are transgendered or if it's just trans- transvestite. Uh, just you know, appropriately, just... he was on the 2006 Eurovision. Oh, he was apparently. Aziz? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, well, so, so I guess this uh, lady Conchita won last night. Although it's a dude with a beard. We were trying to figure out whether or not it would like because it was weird because the beard looks painted on. And then Bill killed the conversation. I'm just. <laughs> no, 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 no. Why? Oh, yeah. Well... Aziz is on Big Brother Bulgaria. Yeah, you gotta watch that shit. You, I think you'll like Aziz and his friends. Is all I'm saying. Let's put it that way. And that, well, so this my whole point of bringing up Aziz is like I was like, those are the guys where I'm like, I, I'm not into the big beefy hairless guys who look like they're made out of hot dogs, which that's those guys. I like a more understated masculinity. Is all I'm saying. Sure, Bill. Yeah. All right. Even though I'm sure Daniel Craig's butt looks like it's made out of hot dogs. When he takes off his pants. Uh, or it, looks, it looks like two Vern Troyer bald heads wrestling in his pants. Anyway, congratulations to Conchita Worse. I was not watching Eurovision, but I did burst into tears when I saw that she won. So, Mazel Tov. Yeah, no, that was pretty crazy. I don't, even, I, this is, I don't even know what the hell Eurovision even is. Eurovision is like ridiculous, campy, um, uh... The European Olympics uh, mashed up with, uh, like, those talent this shows. This is a good episode so like... far. This is a really good episode. We managed to alienate anyone who's just not straight on this episode so far. And then we managed to alienate all the Europeans on the episode. So, it's just like a, a talent show where there are representatives from each European country. Yeah, because I saw the crowds. It looked like it was a football match because everyone's, like, got different, like, country, like They're like, rooting for their countries. And, and stuff like that. It was very yeah. cute. The best part of Eurovision was John Allison of uh, Scary Go Round fame posted his doodles of the Eurovision contestants. Uh-huh. It was pretty phenomenal. Quite enjoyable. Did he do a but, good Conchita? Um, uh, I can't remember now. There was just—it's just kind of a wave of of adorable little doodles. No, it was interesting. But, it was an interesting conversation last night about transvestism because, like, one of our only touchstones—we were like trying to. Uh, one of our only windows that some of some of us watching that stuff was their only experience with kind of transgendered people was uh, the girl from um, Orange Is the New Black. And so we were trying to explain, like, transvestism versus transgendered versus... Which is terrible, because it's funny that I was even trying to help explain some of the stuff while I am mangling the shit on the air on the podcast this week. But, um, yeah, it made more... Like, I, I, I could explain this stuff more clearly when I wasn't trying to talk about it out loud on the podcast. But, you know, I gotcha. I gotcha. You know. But anyway, yes, that made me cry. Um, meanwhile, I didn't really do a whole lot this week. I uh, was... Uh, commissioned by a friend of the podcast, Erica Moen, to do her Kickstarter video. Mm-hmm. And I spent most of this week, my free time this week, working on that. That's um, very goddamn cute. It's, it's, I'm pretty pleased. I think when I'm... When does her Kickstarter launch? I don't know, my friend. I just make the video. I just make the magic happen, my friend. 
Yeah, congratulations um, on getting that. It's like only like it's less than two minutes long. I, my goal always is with Kickstarter videos to have them be under two minutes, and the t- three Kickstarter videos I've done, they're usually at least three, if not a little more. Yeah. This one was a minute and a half. Yeah, because that, that's the worst when someone has like a five minute long Kickstarter video. And it's just like, come on, get to the fucking point. Just tell me what you need the money for and if it's going to be any interesting. And yeah, if you can't be that concise about your video, then like, what the, why the hell do I even want to buy this product? Well, there's a, I feel really strongly about Kickstarter videos because there's a fine line between, um, so it has to be an earnest and direct approach, but it also can't be too... You, it, but it, it shouldn't just be you talking into a webcam yeah, for Yeah, there should be some minutes. kind of thing going on, but you don't want it to be like a fucking... You're not, you're not trying to make fucking Ben-Hur. Exactly. If it's too much of a production and it has too much yeah. polish, then the vibe is, why do I need to give you money? Because clearly you have some resources available yeah, to you. Yeah, that's a good point. There's a fine needle to thread, and I enjoy attempting to thread it. And I'm hoping when the when Erica when Erica's goes up, I'm also gonna launch just kind of like a little website where I maybe do some little bit of freelance video stuff. Toughest frail, I finally use toughest frail. Oh, be yeah. my production company. So yeah. It'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, that was pretty much all my week was just staring at uh, editing. And work was crazy this week. The only video game thing I did was I did beat Child of Light. Uh, was that? that game is beautiful. The music is great. Oh, yeah, it is such a pleasure to play. Week. Yeah. It's just a it's a pleasure to play. It's a fun, clever little game. Like taking the platforming engine of Rayman and then adding this RPG combat and it's a just just nuanced enough RPG system to be a lot of fun. It's absolutely pleasure. I can't recommend it enough. The writing is terrible. So yeah. terrible. Um, I'm thinking that Jeffrey Yehalem may be my mortal foe. Uh, oh yeah, that dude's a fucking outright idiot. But cracked me up is that I tweeted about it. I was like, this game is beautiful, it's fun, and then my follow-up tweet was basically too bad about the writing. Jeffrey O'Haleb actually faved my tweet saying it was fun. <laughs> beautiful. Was he and just, I was like, I think he was just like, uh, he was just uh, doing that thing where you just kind of search for yourself on Twitter, and yeah. he just I was like, oh, well, someone else liked Child of Light. I'll favor yeah. this, but they did not, like, look at the context. No. Oh, that's well, they didn't, wa- they didn't, no, they didn't look at the follow-up tweet, the connected tweet is what it was, but oh, yeah. that's funny. It's just, and it, what's a shame is that I don't object necessarily <laughs> to the story at all. I like the fairy tale kind of structure. I like a little bit of a reversal they do at the end of it, even though they didn't quite land it. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, it's just that the rhyming is just this weird constraint. I understand what he was going for. I did find some interviews with Jeffrey Halem. The thing is, is that they did kind of a loose, um, a rhyming structure where it's basically A, B, A, B, and then some C, C, or, or B, B for emphasis. That's a good RCD2 impression. Thanks, yeah. (laughs) But, there's no, there's no, um... Uh, meter to it at all yeah it's yeah, very no, free yeah, form it's, it's, it's really loosey-goosey and i understand why because a it's very difficult to write that at length it is and b um uh 
there's a thing when you read poetry that has a very established meter is that your brain can sometimes kind of anticipate what's coming next. But that's true of all poetry. Like, just by the fact that it's rhyming, some readers are going to be reading it, and once they hit a word, they're going to be anticipating the next rhyme. Like, there's something, there, there is that in poetry. Yeah. And I just wish that they had not, like, honestly, that game could be exactly the same, but without the rhyming. Mm-hmm. Just with very simple, childlike storytelling, and I would have been fine. But the rhyming, I think, is too much of a distraction and just ultimately hurts the whole game. Yeah. And it's even worse when you hear it out loud because there are some only a handful of bits that are actually narrated and the lack of meter really really yeah, hurts that, it that, there. Yeah, that really drives it home. It's just just it, it's just word salad. It doesn't really mean Exactly. You know? It's like why even bother then? I understand that he was going for like this ballad-like childlike sort of thing, but it to me it just comes off as immature. It comes off as I know it was a deliberate decision, but it makes it feel like it's just amateur mature poetry and as opposed to any sort of deliberate thought it f- well, makes the, it feel thoughtless that's to me Olahem's whole thing to begin with is very kind of amateurish bullshit like, like, well, it's it, like he, he has he, the same loose handling on rhyme which yeah. should be pretty easy to figure out as he does on racial politics i feel like it is ultimately a very <clears throat> immature approach because yeah. it, it feels like almost like a teenager who yeah. is learning about ideas and grasps on the high level, like the surface level, without actually understanding any of the depths yeah, involved. He, he is the walking personification of someone who is aping the surface of something without understanding yeah. the mechanics of it. Basically, he's like everything, every subject he touches, it's like he read the Wikipedia entry and thinks he's an expert. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of people uh, uh, gra- uh, trying to manipulate the surface of something without under- without understanding the, the, the inner workings, uh, Jacob yes, Dahl Bill. points out that transvestism is considered a, a slur, uh, that the proper term should be uh, being into drag. Uh, apologies for that. Uh, I've uh, growing up, I've always heard people who were into drag call it transvestism. So I guess maybe that's not the way it's called anymore. So. So it's any sort of subculture, I think, or any sort of um, any sort of you know. There's always the language that people adopt yeah. that may be independent from the broader culture. Yeah. You know, it's it's always a sticky wicket. Like I, I'm Polish. I'm of Polish You're descent. You're Polish. Mm-hmm. Okay. Polish German, and um, the. In my family, like my my grandmother, who was Polish, would always call herself a Polak, like all the time. Yeah. She'd just call herself a Polak, and uh, I didn't know that that was considered that was originally an an epithet. Oh, it yeah, was no, kind of a slur. I'm Hungarian, and I call myself a hunky all the time. Yeah, it's not to compare that, but I mean, it's a, basically the same thing. It's like language you use versus accepted language. Yeah. It's always a tricky thing to navigate when you're outside of. See, the yeah, culture. that's what I'm saying. It's, I'm not even trying to use that as an excuse. It's just simply that trend transvestitism like i've heard people call themselves transvestites and not even like in a slur kind of way that's just growing up that's what i heard scientifically it called and that's what i've heard people refer to themselves as so if that's not the way it's done anymore that's totally cool so yeah um uh but yeah so i beat out a light that's a really pleasant game i really do enjoy it i i look apparently it's intended to be a trilogy oh really and i would i would look forward to additional games um but you know what you should mail ubisoft care of Jeffrey Yolahim, a book about rhymes. Just be that kind of a snarky son of a bitch. See, the thing is, is that I know he made this choice. Like, I, after I finished... But if you can't make that choice, especially if you consider yourself a writer, if your job is to write for a living, and you don't understand the basic craft of a genre of writing that you're trying to engage with, you're fucking up your... You're not doing your job correctly. Like, even regardless of the quality of the writing, if you can't understand that, like, there are rules to what you're doing, and you just completely ignore them... 
You have fucked See, up. See, his counterpoint is that he did not re- ignore them. He used an alter because he there are multiple reviews that I went and read. Yeah, afterwards. he's a fucking fool. Where he's like, oh no, I'm using ballad form, and a, a traditional ballad form is not tied to meter, which is true, but there's a different, uh, it's, it's, when you just rhyme, you, you come off as a, as an amateurish, you know, you person who's just fucking around. It sounds like cheap joke beat poetry, and it just doesn't, it doesn't work. It's bullshit. Uh, I, I disagree, I respectfully disagree with this man. Did you? Very strongly. Did you watch point. Hannibal? I have not watched Hannibal yet. My wife and I uh, have a ritual of Sunday mornings we have breakfast and watch Hannibal. That she had, uh, uh, or sa- excuse me, Saturday mornings we have breakfast and watch Hannibal. But she worked yesterday, so uh, and then I worked yesterday yeah, too. Yeah, I was so we didn't I thought this to. was going to be the next, the last episode of the season before it's the season finale. But it turns out there's still two more episodes after last night's mm-hmm. episode, so I'm kind of mm-hmm. bummed because I'm waiting to see what happens. When the shit that they forecast in the pilot, or the first episode of the season. Yeah. 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 What do you think of this Mason Verger guy? Oh, is he pig murderer guy? Yeah, pig murderer guy. Pig maze. He's a huge part of the books. He's just such a ridiculous cartoon. I enjoy him. It was his appearance and that whole. There was a scene in the second, the most the episode of Hannibal before this, where he shows to his sister this maze of murder pigs that he made to kill her in, and he's like, she's so extremely car- uh, dressed, and he's not only dressed in a certain way that's kind of like an extreme character, but also his hair and you know everything. What he keeps reminding me of. He seems like if you were to take. Uh, what's uh, Tim Robbins from the Hudsucker Proxy and make him evil? Because <laughs> he's wrong. got that like cartoon hair. Yeah. And... Well, see, it was that moment that made me realize that Hannibal is an anime. Yeah, which is that funny everything... because like this is supposed to be the one character who's supposed to be even more evil than Hannibal, and he's yeah. just kind of like this schlubby sh- dork. Just kind of like a schmo. I mean, he's kind of he's kind of a horrible piggish person, but he doesn't seem to be if as you threatening as much as he's just alternative gross. to Hannibal. They're not going to out Hannibal. Hannibal. They can't yeah. be more dapper than Hannibal. You see him and Hannibal hanging out together. Like Hannibal's such a calm, collected. He's kind of like a yeah. razor blade of a human being. Yeah. And this guy's supposed to be even more evil than him is just like yeah, like I said, he's like he's Hudsucker proxy, but just instead yeah. of, instead of uh, hula hoops, he just loves pigs. He's a high-pressure water cannon. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Like, Hannibal is like a watercolor brush. I do <laughs> so like, I like, he's got his whole boner about his sister, where he's just out just to fuck with her at any and all cost, to the point where he tests, he shows off his murder pigs by creating a dummy made of meat put into a suit, one of his sister's suits. And I'm just like, what kind of fucking TV show? This really is just... But, see, the thing is, is that I enjoy Hannibal most when it doubles down on absolute, like, straight-faced ridiculousness. Yeah, that is I, my favorite Hannibal. I, I think any pretense of the show actually being anything, like, even resembling a straightforward drama has been long since thrown out the window. Yeah! But, yeah, you kind of have to embrace the, like, it's, it's turning into more of a soap opera now, which is still fine. It's entertaining, no, but... I think it's, like, a weird, dark... I, I'm saying dark comedy is the wrong. It's the wrong oh, language. Oh well, it's Brian Fuller, so it makes sense. It would be darkly comedic, though. You know, it's still gonna have that kind of. Because it's not. Like, I don't mean funny. I mean like it. Mean, it's like a dark fantasy. No, well, sort of not well. Yeah, not even black thing. comedy. But I know what you mean. It's 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 doesn't quite take itself completely seriously. 
it is aware of how ridiculous it is, but it doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Well, you if know? you look at Brian Fuller's tweets when he live tweets every episode, it's just him just fucking around making jokes the whole time, too. He's never trying to be like, did I just blow your mind? It's always no. like, ah, look at what I did. It's so silly. Blah, blah, blah. See, that's why I think that's why it reminds me kind of an, of anime, because I feel like it's that same sort of approach where it's like, here are our aesthetics. Here's the story we want to tell. And this is it is what it is. And just go with it. Like, mm-hmm. you kind of have to just double down and go with it. Uh, what else did you, uh, yeah, I was about to ask if you, if you've watched this week's Game of Thrones and I think Grumpy Turtle would have jumped through the microphone and strangled me. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Bill, I did not watch this week's Game of Thrones. I can't remember what happened on Game of Thrones this week. Oh, you found out exactly how John Aaron, uh, got killed. The, you know, the guy who, whose murder kind of kickstart the whole show. They actually finally yeah. addressed that on, on the show, finally. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the mentor to yeah. Ned and, uh. Robert Baratheon. They the former was, hand. Yeah, you, you exactly. You find out who killed him and, and how that yeah. was. Like that, so. uh, I can't remember what else happens this week. I don't know. The, just... uh, the only TV I watched this week was my wife sort of watching more of the terrible and ridiculous Once show. What the hell Once? And uh, now we're... Oh, this Once is the Upon a Time? Yeah. Oh. Well, it's just called Once. But yeah, it's it's like... Uh, yeah, it's called it's the Once Upon shit. a Time. You can't just get away with calling it Once. They call it once. Like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google once and see what comes up. Yeah, bitch, she's gonna come up with this fucking show. Uh, nope, 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 nope. Uh, no, it's okay. Okay, I'm gonna look up. Okay, once doesn't come up with anything. Once upon a time, fascinating radio. Listening to someone uh, Google something. Uh, once upon a time TV series Wikipedia. And the fans free, okay. call, people call it once, uh, uh, asshole. Well, those are what the fans call it. Oh my just God. like Hannibal fans, just you know, have you watched last week's hand? Oh, I'm a hand fan. How you doing? Will you make me a hand sandwich? Do I even need to be present for this? No. For the shit giving? Can I go get a drink while you flip shit at me? Tell me what's going on. I thought it ha- wasn't Once Upon a Time canceled. Or am I just thinking about the? Um... Oh, I'm just there was think- a spinoff show. Yeah, canceled. did you ever watch that? No. Okay. No. Oh, have you ever seen Warehouse Thirteen? You know what, Bill? Why don't you just talk about whatever you want to talk about? I'm going to go get some more coffee, and I'll be back in no, about five minutes. No, stay here. Don't get coffee. Talk about Once. No, uh, my wife and I just started watching it some more. One thing that's been interesting, what, what bothered me about Once, it, it's a ridiculous show, but it's, it looks like a soap opera. Yeah. This, later seasons, they get the, I, the an editor from Lost, and they, like, leveled up their, um, their photography. Like, their, I wonder if they got a new uh, director of photography or something, because mm-hmm. it looks better, and, like, the CGI increased 100%. So it went from being a shitty show that looks shitty yeah. to a shitty show a that shitty looks show like, that looks pretty okay yeah <laughs> well, I, think, I think a lot of the people work on that it used to be lost people yeah at least even just on the technical side of stuff so well yeah that's the thing like more and more lost people have come on both in the cast and in the, well, the... what's his face um iraqi dude he was the, he was jafar the main villain of the uh, alice in wonderland spinoff there are a ton of cameos like um uh jorge what's his name shows up oh really uh, the villain of this season, the Wicked Witch of the West, is I can't remember her name on Lost, but she was one of the others. She was the other one of the others who turned out to be evil. No, oh, okay. Um, but the thing about the show is, I realized this. Um, the only reason why I watch the show is that there's this one lady who plays Regina, the Wicked Witch of the West. Uh-huh. Or it should be Regina, the um, the evil queen, and she is so goddamn dreamy and way too good so? for this show. 
Huh? Oh, okay, because I've seen her. I thought she was cute, but I well, I, I didn't even think she was cute. She seems she's not unattractive, but you think she's super hot? She's dreamy, like, and she's really good in the show. The show is a nice and meaty role for her. Yeah. I realize I've been thinking about this, watching it. She would be perfect for Ginevra in a in a bite me sort of thing. She would be perfect. She's oh, got the wait, cheekbones. Once upon a time. Wait, I got the once job. upon a time. Look wait. at once upon a time, Regina. Oh, uh, she's the queen, right? Yeah, she's the queen. She's the evil queen. Because I've seen but, the show, and, and, and she was fine. She, she didn't make that... Fuck you. She's dreamy, and she's great. And the, sh- the watching this and... Oh, she does the- have a squat face. I can kind of see it, yeah. Because Ginevra's kind of like a bo- little boxy balloon, water balloon head. She would be perfect, I is my point. She would make a good Ginevra. We're talking about Dylan McConus's Bite Me comic. Uh, one of the villains of which is a vampire named Ginevra. But yeah, I could see that. So this, uh, she's really great in this show, and, uh, um, yeah, this, this wicked witch of the West showed up from the Wizard of Oz, and they're just chewing in the scenery at each other the whole time, and watching this, I'm like, you know what, this show is terrible, but it's a really fun chance for two women to have, like, these, like, primary arcs that aren't about men, that are just about each other, and, like, Regina, I realized they introduced a love story for her this season, and it made me gave me pause because it's the first love story they bothered to give this this female character, which yeah. and it's only like three or four seasons in, which is kind of great. And it's incidental. It's like, and not to say it's incidental, but the point of this is not that she is falling in love and the importance of love. It's just about finding happiness once you've lost. Is she macking on Rumpelstiltskin? She's actually macking on Robin Hood. Which oh is, no. If she's gonna grind on anybody, is, she's gonna grind on Robin Hood. Let me Hood. guess: is Robin Hood actually Rumpelstiltskin's son, or no. some kind of like? Because everyone, what if what I keep on seeing glimpses of that show, everyone seems to be someone's like uncle or father oh, or. Some this kind show of has shit. dumb daddy issues. There are bajillion isn't daddy like issues. Peter Pan, yes. Robin Hood's dad, or something like Peter that. Peter Pan shows up. Uh, by the way, Pan is Peter Pan is actually Rumpelstiltskin's father. That's what who it is. is who gives up, who becomes a child again through a, uh, uh, like a deal that he makes with this shadow spirit, yeah. Pan. Every time I go upstairs and I watch my housemate, Bahar, she loves the, the Once Upon a Time shows, and every time I go yeah. upstairs and she's watching one, uh, it's, the entire stakes of everything has changed from episode to episode. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, someone, suddenly now, someone is stuck in a forest that's protected by a magic sphere... Uh, force field of love who can't get out because of their father who is also Rumpelstiltskin it's, it's is very a father issue. It is nuts. Yeah. It, Here's the thing though. What I appreciate about that show is the way they briskly move on from issue to issue because it's not something like Lost where they're dogged down with an issue for a season or yeah, two no, and then the just, resolution isn't interesting. Yeah. I would way rather they get along with it. Because, like, for example, the second season is all about Pan, and I could give a shit about Peter, the Peter Pan they do in the show. Yeah. I largely missed it because Foley watched it. She just showed me the ones that had Robin Hood in it. And then they moved on to the next season where he's totally out the window, which is great because he was boring. <laughs> and now there's the oh, Wicked Witch of the West from Wizard of Oz. And I'm like, okay, this is vaguely more interesting Well, they, they've me. got so many characters they can play with. They can kind of afford to say, ah, oh, fuck it. Okay, well, now we're just going to be in this fantasy land for a while. This is exactly. Be a villain or, you know. So it's a terrible show, but at least it looks better. And I don't care what you say. How do you say your name? Lana Perlia is fucking banging dude Man. and the way they dress her in this show i'm just saying it's a good time fucking banging 
She fucking banging. I want her hair in the show, which is a very this achievable goal. This could totally gonna turn into Bill and Annie Boner Corner, but have you ever seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yes, I've been telling you to watch it. I have a total boner for every lady on that show. <laughs> it is, it's funny because you got you got hot normal hot lady. Uh, yes. Then you got a hot awesome super butch lady. Then you got uh-huh. a hot goofy big nose kind of kooky girl. That character is my favorite She's the best. And all three of them, I am equally attracted to. I just want that to be my uh, TV comedy harem right there. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> they've, co- they've covered all my sexual uh, female sexuality that I'm attracted to bases all right there. Hit, I was going to say, show. they hit all your boner archetypes. Yeah, exactly, your boner exactly, yeah. That's it. Um, but yeah, no, that show's been very goddamn cute. I've, I've it's, only it's seen a... like the first half dozen episodes, but it's 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 fucking hilarious. Well, I you, wish... got, you got the boner-worthy girls. The main character I could live without. Who gives a fuck? But that's he... the thing. The only thing about that show is that um, Andy Samberg is—he's fine. He's not bad in it. But the show could literally be just as good without him. Yeah. And I think that that show was more interesting when he is his role is kind of downplayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is funny because I kept on getting him confused with the boyfriend from Orange Is the New Black. Really? Because yeah, well, I don't. I I must have face blindness when it comes to like like thirty year old Jewish guys. You you are a sociopath, Bill. No, this so. is true. If it's not female, then I just don't. It just doesn't register. Like yeah, it's just it's generic male shape on the horizon. Unless it's got Daniel Craig's butt, <laughs> and then I just want to stick my face in it and just like fucking huff go. it. Um, That's true. But no, it's got Terry Crews. Yeah, Which Terry Crews fucking hilarious, so good. and it's got um, was it Andre Brower from Homicide: Life on the Streets he's, as the police great. captain, and he's fucking he's hilarious. so great. He's actually my favorite character on that show. Oh man, his line readings. I mean, he's he's playing kind of stereotypical, yeah. super gruff, hard to uh, hard to read authority figure, but he does it so fucking hilariously. Though he's got this just great hand hang dog face. That that shows it's it's pretty goddamn cute. Well, the only reason I really started watching this, well, you were talking about it, Dylan was talking about it, and uh, I also knew it was created by uh, some of the same guys who created Parks and Recreation, which is funny because now that I'm watching it with uh, with uh, with some people I know, I'm trying to convince them to start watching Parks and Recreation by saying, you know, some of the same people who made this show made Parks and Recreation. They're like, fuck that bullshit, because every Every promo they've ever seen from Parks and Recreation looks terrible, and I'm trying to like it. Don't worry, it's okay. And they, and the one time they tried to watch Parks and Recreation, they made the mistake of starting from the first season. Yeah, and so I'm trying to walk them past it, like you know, just. Nah. But yeah, no, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine's actually pretty cute. It's charming as hell. Yeah, and it's got that little bug faced guy from the state. The little bug faced guy from the state. Oh, Popeye, little dude. Do you mean the guy who plays Andy Samberg's best friend? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Which, you know, which I'm assuming he finally gets in the pants of What's-Her-Face. Because I remember when the season finale aired, everyone was flipping out about how creepy the whole archetype of the dude who is constantly rebuffed by a girl but finally, uh, like, wears her down into dating him. And I guess that's something that finally happens in the finale. And everyone's like, oh, it's terrible. I can't even remember. That's the least interesting part of that show to me. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad you're finally watching it because it's a fun show. It's, it's not hilarious. perfect, but it's pretty damn fun. And it's nice to have a show where you can have a gay character and have it not be a big deal and have multiple scenes where there are two people of color on screen at the same time. Yeah, actually very funny, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, this is something I started bringing up last night. Has Terry Crews ever been in an action movie? 
I don't know. Because he's I'm, such, I'm not... he seems like the kind of guy you think he would have started off like being an, an action star who would have eventually turned into into doing comedy, but he always just he kind of started. It seems like he started off with stuff like Idiocracy and Everyone Hates Chris. It's it's weird for a guy like that. I know he used to be a football player. He used to actually play in the mm-hmm. NFL, but it's funny he kind of skipped the whole big black guy action movie thing and went straight to just comedy stuff, which is kind of interesting to see. I love Terry Curry. He's, he's fucking hilarious. He's hilarious. He just makes me smile with my heart. Uh, so uh, my only point about Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you will laugh while having a boner. <laughs> that's my that's my official review. Bill's review well, right it's, there. It's like even the, uh, the, the stereotypical hot chick. It's a chick uh, in a three-piece suit sometimes, and that's always a good thing. Bill, tell me about Mario Golf. There was that's why I brought up Warehouse Thirteen because there's a uh, super hot, uh, super tough lady in that show, and sometimes she, she runs around like in a blazer and like an open top, uh, pop, like dress shirt. And I was like, hey, how you doing? Do Mario Golf go? Mario Golf. Guess what? It's Golf of Mario. Is it any different from the other Mario Golfs? Hey, guess what? On a on a score of one to ten, I give it a four. No, it's, uh, like, in terms of video games... <laughs> I just games, got that joke. I laughed that I actually understood your joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... I only put that down because, like, I've been uh, busy again this week. I didn't have a chance to fire up any Child of Light. Uh, I did... Uh, the uh, Mario Golf was pretty much the only thing I've had a chance to play this week. So, it's 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 cute. It's more golf. Uh, I'll, the only other Mario Golf game I've ever played was Mario Golf for the N64. Have you ever played mm. any of the Mario sports games at all? Uh, I think I played Mario Tennis. Yeah, those games are always really interesting because they're usually pretty good, not simulations of a sport, but they do a good job of boiling down a sport to its essence but making it accessible to idiots who don't know what's going on. Like, I've I've never, I know nothing about, everything I know about golf is from what I played from Mario Golf 64, mm-hmm. which is funny because, like, whenever I see golf on TV, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, uh, I can kind of, yeah, he should he should use his putter on this part. Instead of the bigger stick, and I don't even know they're called clubs. I just call them sticks. But um, yeah, it's it's I'm kind of stuck in the simulation part of the game because Mario Golf uh, for the 3DS. Uh, there's uh, one mode which is you're actually hanging out in Peach's castle, which she's turned into a uh, into a club, a country club, mm-hmm. uh, which everyone keeps on making the jokes about how you know it's it's the racist Mario Country Club. They keep out all the like. Uh, these enemies, but no, actually, you do have all the bad guys from Mario Golf hanging around in there, so you can't even make a joke about Mario Golf being racist against bad guys in, in the Mario world. But yeah, you just kind of walk around, hang around, hang, like trying to beat other Mario characters at tournaments and stuff like that. But then there's another mode which is much more cartoony, where you have crazy power ups, where instead of trying to be like a, a golf simulator, um, you can get power ups where your like um, golf ball when you hit it will turn into fire and like burn through trees and stuff. Like oh that. yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's one where your golf your golf ball turns into a bullet bill and flies around and does all kind of crazy stuff. And even as you're going through the courses, uh, you have the chance to, like, uh, if your ball, like, you can collect coins by shooting your ball through, like, uh, hoops of coins and stuff like that. It's pretty cute. And you can unlock costumes. You could either play as Mario characters or you can play as your me. And you oh, get, yeah, like, like Mario costumes for your character or, like, Mario branded golf gear, so like you could have like okay. a golf shirt that's like a Koopa pattern, and like and like red sporty Mario pants and shoes that look like little bullet bills. Oh yeah, <laughs> goddamn ridiculous. Where and, do I get? 
actual bullet bill shoes. This is this, the the clothes in this game kind of get me wishing they actually mar- Nintendo actually did market like real life uh nin- like Mario branded sports gear for adults. Uh, like I'm I'm like my character's using these these little uh Game Boy gloves, which like kind of look like Game Boys, but like they have like big ga- red Game Boy buttons and stuff on them. It's just very goddamn cute, but. Yeah, so that I've just been playing that super casually this week, but so nothing too crazy. Super oh man! Cash. So speaking of shoes, the one other thing I did with my free time this week, yeah, I uh, got a I follow. There's my favorite pair of boots by this company called Ariat, and I got an email from them advertising their new line of shoes. Mm-hmm. And one shoe in this photo was something I fell in love with so intensely oh, that I'm no. like, I'm going to buy these fucking shoes. I go to their website, can't find it. I email them. And they're like, oh, we were just using an older photo oh, that's no. actually a discontinued shoe. Yeah, and I then spent every free moment this week looking for this fucking shoe. I called 15 different <laughs> Western wear stores. I looked at, I trolled eBay. I trolled every single store I could think of. It's, I could only find, like, men's sizes that were just, like, slightly the wrong size. I spent all week looking for shoes because I am sometimes a girl. So. So did you get the shoes? No. No. Get the shoes. I thought you just bought I, cowboy boots. Well, it's not just... I fucking just buy it. No, it's these boots, motherfucker. These boots are my boots of destiny. The Ariat Wildstock Barnwood Brown Neon Lime 10011802. I called 15 stores. Oh, God you ladies and your it. boots and your shoes. I'll never understand this gender <laughs> stereotype. Says the guy who was just praying to God that Nintendo would make Bullet Bill shoes. <laughs> <laughs> All before, that's more about just... Uh, wearing uh, shoes that are shaped like giant bullets <laughs> more than oh I need new shoes but yeah it, it's it's kind of funny that like even some of the dykiest girls I've known in my life will even them pre- kind of profess like affection towards like oh man those shoes look fucking awesome and they're like oh my god I just caught myself in the stereotype of being a woman lusting after a pair of shoes it's almost like when you're a human you sometimes like things if I were if I were skinny and I were shark dressed enough guy I would totally be like oh man I need to get those like fucking Italian shit kicker gangster shoes like yeah no shoes are all shoes can be cool as long as they're comfortable Bill- Here's my counterpoint. Bill, if you want to play a golf game, why don't you just play like Tiger Woods? That's exactly yeah, that's the same who cares. Yeah, exactly. You want to play a good game. Yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, Jonathan Morris is fucking with us in the chat just about us being stupid and ridiculous, and I can't blame him. Uh, what else? <laughs> that's what we're here for, John. Man, what else happened? What else did we get bonus for this week? You know what? I just tried to Google Rachel Weiss naked. She's been in naked <laughs> in more things than I anticipated. <laughs> like, she can see her, like, you can see bits, like... Uh huh. You can see her. She's her tits have been in a whole bunch of stuff, and I'm really surprised. I feel a little let down. I feel a little like 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 yeah. Why well, she's showing the goods when she's she should be more modest than that. What's up, Rachel Weiss? How you doing? Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, sure. well, show those titties to me. How you doing? <laughs> she has cute oh, pubic God. hair. Bill. <laughs> that is the thing I just said out loud on the internet. Oh, Billy Bear. <laughs> well, some ladies have pubic hair that you just want to lay down on like a pillow and be like, how you doing? Hey, Bill, why don't you talk about anything else in this moment, buddy? <laughs> uh, oh, um, so I found out... The, I can't even remember how I found out about this. Uh, the BBC made a made-for-TV movie about the chal- investigation into the Space Shuttle Challenger accident. This is the least okay. interesting thing I could talk about, even less interesting than uh, uh, Mario shoes. Um, 
It's a movie. Have you ever heard of the scientist Richard Feynman? No. No. He is a super famous physicist who I only know him just because supposedly he's written a whole bunch of books that are supposed to be pretty pretty funny and stuff. My wife is currently at work going, I know about this because my wife is a giant science boner, but continue. Uh, so yeah, no, he, he was an author. Uh, he worked on the Manhattan Project, did all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, he, was a, he was a really renowned physicist who actually died shortly after the Challenger accident uh, from mm-hmm. like three different kinds of cancer that combined to kill him, mm-hmm. which... Uh, people pointed out it was pretty much statistically impossible to get all those different kinds of cancer. Uh, the only reason, the, the only way that people suspect that he could have gotten all those cancers at once was as a result of working on the Manhattan Project, mm-hmm. because not like like even he has pointed out that uh, um, when they were attending like uh, uh, nuclear bomb demonstrations, the only the only shielding you got was a pair of goggles. You know, it's not like they put you in a lead yeah. suit or anything like that. But anyway, so it's just really weird. I don't know why somebody at the BBC of all places decided that we need to do a documentary about how they figured out what went wrong with the Challenger accident. So I just watched that this week out of nowhere. It's it's William Hurt. Um, do you mm-hmm. know who William Hurt is? Yes, he's an older dude who plays Richard Feynman. Yeah. It's just about him trying just trying to fight through all the NASA and uh, United States government bureaucracy trying to cover up NASA's uh, uh, what went wrong because NASA didn't want to get in trouble for killing seven yeah. people. Which is weird. How do you cover up? But, like, we kill seven people, but pr- pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> Shh. They're just on vacation. And so the movie ends with him coming out. Uh, Ronald Reagan's giving a speech, and he pushes Ronald Reagan over, and he says, I have definitive proof that they are not on vacation. And then and he produces a photo of them underwater, and everyone's like, oh. And then just smash cuts to credit. And it was a weird fucking movie. It's also, also weirdly enough, it was filmed all at the uh, Downton Abbey Castle, which didn't make any sense. But they're just trying to really cash in on that Downton Abbey stuff these days. Your fascination with the Challenger wreck is yeah! bizarre to me. It Were was... you a certain age and it just stuck in your yeah, brain? Yeah, I was 11 years old, man. When you're 11 years old and really into science and the space shuttle, when, when the space shuttle explodes... That's a big goddamn deal. You know, actually, you know what? The explode, the Challenger explosion was probably the first time as a kid I understood that the government could, could uh, something that the government is, is in charge of could profoundly fuck up. It, I mean, like, you know, in history class, even as a kid, you learn about mistakes that the government has done in the past, you know, slavery and stuff like that. But this is the first time where, like, even the scientific administration, the arm of the government has fucked up to the point where like seven relatively innocent people have died and that was just kind of yeah. holy shit like even people who seem to think that they know what they're doing screwed up and yeah, and, yeah i don't know it's kind of a big thing and which is funny because then um the the other shuttle just got destroyed like 10 years later and no one really seemed to give a shit i mean people gave a shit but it wasn't quite the oh my god kind of moment the challenger exploding was I think it, it seemed more people were just used to the point, but used to the fact that if if you've got something like NASA with enough people and enough moving parts, things kind of break down eventually. And I don't know what else were we talking about. Your fixation with the Challenger crash. No, I've been thinking lately about um, things that happen that change your brain forever. Yeah. Mostly just because our baby bro Noah, who's not a baby anymore, he's now six, I guess. Oh, man. He's um, going to be dating soon. I know, right? 
uh, he fully has accidentally blown him off for hangouts a couple of times because oh, no. they have bro dates where they'll go have breakfast or they'll he'll come over and play video games or they'll just go out on a date. It's adorable and they have fun. But fully has had to miss out on two now for one reason or another and he's really butthurt about it because he's just this little kid and I was thinking about this the other day I'm like what if Noah develops abandonment issues or something or like issues that can all be you traced back to the next time you're going to go to Noah's place you're going to find out he's going to build in the backyard he's built this maze maze <laughs> of fuzzy pigs piggy, fuzzy pig dolls and he's got he's got one of Foley's suits and he's filled it with french fries and he drops it into the into this big put, this big puddle of, of plush pig dolls, and he and, and he just does it. And he just stares at Foley and says, "You." I've trained them to be used to the sound. He presses play. It just <laughs> dolls. Oh, <laughs> my tummy. So, uh, well, has he actually has his parents said or has he actually said anything about feeling upset about this? Foley asked him. She goes, there, he's like, come on, man. Because no, Julia, his, Noah's mom, was like, he's not upset. It's no big deal. But he was totally blowing Foley off. And she went, she's like, come on, man. Are you, what's going on? Are you mad at me? You he know, goes, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, but he's like, I'm upset because we didn't have breakfast. He's <laughs> the best little petulant little man. I love him. <laughs> uh, uh, just for the record, fuck Jonathan Morris. He is now fucking with me in the chat about... He just quoted me saying, you learn about mistakes the government has done in the past, like slavery and stuff. <laughs> if Bill Mudrin being recorded on the internet is pretty much a goldmine of weird understatements, non sequiturs, and half-finished thoughts. <laughs> um, and accidental, terrible, like, attacking. Or, Seriously, a like, Chinese... small groups of people. A fortune cookie. Accidental attacking minorities. Yeah, a fortune cookie company can make a fucking fortune off of just taking <laughs> shit I say. Not even out of context. Completely in context. <laughs> just, and people would be, like, sitting there in the in the Chinese restaurant at their meal going, so, what about transvesticism, Bulgarian, hey, painted on beards? What? Hey, Billy Mudrin. What? Tell me about Silicon Valley. Oh, I thought we were done. Have you watched Silicon Valley? Well, I don't even know what this is. What uh, it's about? Mike Judge's new live-action TV show. Oh, I heard about it long ago, but I have not actually partaken in it. It's on HBO, so they can swear. It's fucking hilarious. No, it's, it's actually it really... Have you ever seen Office Space? Yes, I've seen Office Space, but I've not seen Idiocracy. It it really... It's it's definitely more like uh, Office Space than Idiocracy. Well, Idiocracy is a big, goofy fantasy satire thing. Whereas this is... This, just like Office Space, is about a bunch of dudes... Who instead of working as faceless drones in well mindless drones in the inside a faceless company, it's about a couple of guys who are uh, just random coders living in you know Silicon Valley just trying to survive. And the basic thrust of the TV show is one of these coders um, he develops a new algorithm for compressing files that he's trying to use in this new uh, website that he's trying to develop that will uh, let you, it's, it's, in, it's instead of, uh, like Google reverse image search, this lets you do that with music. So if you mm -hmm. want to use a piece of music, like in a, in a video or something like that, you can find out instantaneously whether or not that music has been copyrighted by someone else. And if it is, you can find out who it is. So, so you can try to get like, you know, uh, try to license it or whatever. And, mm -hmm. uh, he, his best friend works at this fake Google company, like the, essentially the show's yeah. version of Google. And Schmoogle. he takes, yeah, it, yeah, no, it's called like Hooli. Yeah, but it's that exact same kind of like weird cult of big company thing, 
And so he takes it to this place called Huli, which is the fake Google, and he shows it to a couple people who work there, and they're really blown away by this this algorithm he's written. And so the the whole TV show begins about is about him, the, this big tug of war between the, the the guy who runs this huge Google company trying to buy this technology off of this this kid, and this other guy who's this uh, technology guru trying to get him to instead of selling his technology outright to this Google company trying to build a company around that technology and make money for himself mm-hmm. rather than just selling this technology off to this other. I know the show already sounds fucking hilarious, right? Um, but mo- mostly the show comes down to about this guy and his circle of friends, how, how they fare in the situation where they're suddenly uh, fighting over money and who's responsible for, for responsible for what with the code. Sure. And they do decide instead of selling this algorithm to this fake Google company, they will try to build their own company. But they get... This 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 technology this other guy this technology guru who decides to become an angel investor in their own company built around this algorithm he wants them to streamline the company and and make sure there's no like uh, redundant people working there so the guy's kind yeah. of forced to consider like firing one of his best friends and it's it's yeah. but it is funny it I am explaining it in the least interesting way possible but it's 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 cute it really does feel like Office Space though just yeah a little more high tech but hilarious. <laughs> and with that we're gonna take a little break we'll be back for the geek week in review if i can't sell it keep sitting on it before i give it away you've got to buy it. don't care how much you want it i mean just what i say just feel that nice the bottom bit for wear or tear i Emily Luminosity. Emily Luminosity. Yeah. So Jonathan Morris is watching us, and he's thinking uh-huh. about adopting this woman. <laughs> Have you seen this these commercials? Emily, uh, hold on. I'm gonna watch it right now. Yeah. Oh, you've never seen the commercial? No. Do you not have Hulu? I do have Hulu. Yeah, that ha- you must not use it if you haven't seen Emily from Luminosity. Well, I've been watching a lot of um, uh, Hulu lately because that's what Once is on. Emily, wait, which one is Emily? There are like a couple ladies in this. That's what this is all I have to do. Uh, Emily Luminosity. Lo- I'm sorry, not Luminosity, Lumosity. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, I screwed that up. Boo. I'm sorry. Also, my. I'm trying to Google Emily Emily Lumosity Rule 34 and seeing anything comes up. Is it up. Emily Greco? Is it this lady? Yeah, doesn't she look like a fucking space cadet? She is kind of like cartoonishly adorable. And she spiky. got moony eyes. She she looks like the kind of person that if you just talk to her for more than five minutes, you could convince her to kill a man. <laughs> she's like she's got like that I'm starved for attention look on her face. Like she's like, please, please, any kind of positive reinforcement will let make her do anything. Which is right. I'm, sure the, I'm sure the actress Emily Greco is a fine person. We're not talking about Emily Greco. We're talking about the character who she has portrayed in these commercials. This fiction okay. she has okay. devised to sell this fucking bullshit. Just seeing her face, like her, her face, name is Emily Greco. Her eyes. 
emilygreco.net. Her, she has this like sprightly picture with her freckles and like little moon shaped eyes. And I was talking I to think fully. I moon shaped eyes that do it. I was talking to Foley about how, like, my tiny, shitty production company is going to be tough as real. And she is adorable. And she immediately goes, oh, yeah, your, your like, end credit stinger, like, your logo is totally going to be, like, a, 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 a sketch of, like, a little girl, like, a 50s-looking tomboy girl with, like, a big, goofy smile and, like, knocked-out teeth and a black eye. Yeah. Just like grinning like a mook, baby Emily Greco. You know that should be a like. that should be a meme on Twitter where everyone has design everyone has designed their own little production shingle. Their production, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 Emily Greco, she's cute. If I knew her in real life, I'd be like, hey, lady, you're 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 you're, you're nice. You currently, ask her to commit murder. <laughs> Just because <laughs> we have spent the last twenty minutes on this podcast talking about how much how much of a psychopath she looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is there a rule 34 uh, pornography of her making out with either the lady from, what's the, is it Verizon? It's the lady who, like, there's, there's the black nerd family, and then there's the, 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 the kid with the baby who they can't talk out loud, because they'll wake up the baby. I have no idea what you're talking there's about. There's the, what is her name, like, Janice from, like, the insurance commercials? I have no idea. Oh, you mean the progressive commercials where everyone's like... Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm thinking of. Lady. Progressive hot lady. I think it's... I, I, I am pissed oh, for yeah, my Oh, yeah, what's her name? Knowledge. Flo! We are living in a golden age of manic pixie <laughs> dream spokeswomen. <laughs> no, I like that. Manic, manic pixie dream spokesgirl. Yeah, yeah. I man, I haven't wanted to fuck... A spokesperson this much ever since the Alka Seltzer stop motion elf, elf <laughs> ever kid from the since 1950s. the lady who was the spokesperson for oh shit my joke is ruined what was it <laughs> was it Nesty or Snapple the Snapple lady oh she's <laughs> the Snapple joke lady yeah she was she was legitimately great oh it's great when like commercials actually have people when when they have people who look like me on the commercials I like these commercials <laughs> Snapple lady. Wasn't she like an older lady though? Yeah, she yeah she was like she's a normal the, looking person. She's like somebody you'd work with. Yeah. Oh, is that that's not Kathy and Jimmy, is it? No, it's this lady named Wendy Kaufman. Oh, okay. Wasn't Kathy? I only know because I googled Snapple lady. Wasn't uh, Kathy and Jimmy? Wasn't she one of the Hocus Pocus? Oh, I'll say this: the Snapple lady was fired the same year as Flo the Progressive lady was hired. Oh Whoa. my God! Whoa! Circle of life. <laughs> Wait, why'd she get fired? I don't know. Snapple lady, rule 34. 2008. That was five years ago. Wow. Ugh. That's when Noah, Noah was still shitting himself. <laughs> uh, Alright, friend, you ready to do this? I don't know, man. I want to start a collectible card game that's all just about hot, hot commercial ladies now. <sighs> Oh, John. John, say hi to your lady for me, and pet your adorable dog for me. Okay, hold on, let's start. Hold on. I was gonna say, this could actually make it on the podcast if we didn't have this lull right now. If only you could edit it out! That's true, those <laughs> that work. Believe it or not, editing doesn't always take two days. Okay, so John's comments to us are... It's a gift for my girl. I'm doing a painting of Emily because those ads crack us up. Okay, that's funny. Also, the Alka-Seltzer guy is called Speedy. Yeah, no, Speedy. Oh. Yeah, that little elf haircut I just wanted to fuck. You know what's the worst um, brand 
like uh, mascot right now. I say it's there's a contest between the bears who shit in the woods for that <laughs> Charmin or whatever the fuck, or uh, it's the fucking mucus thug people, the mucus the like, guys. Yeah, in the goddamn. Oh, and there's gotta like, be worse. Really, pretty much any original programming commercial on Hulu, uh, the one where it's for the Awesomes. Every time I see that commercial, well, I mean, although that's not like a national brand that's like, campaign, yeah. that is just like a one-off TV show. Um, I'm trying to think of. See, I don't watch. I don't watch much broadcast TV, so I don't get exposed yeah, to as either. much commercials as I used to. Pretty much whatever shows, whatever commercials play during Hannibal or Cosmos. Um, <laughs> which you think that would be enough to see enough to shitty commercials, but. Hmm. But All yeah. right, my friend, are you ready to do this thing? Uh, who's who's the hottest uh, commercial spokesperson you would bang? The hottest. Who was the most? What, what was the time you saw a commercial? And you're like, oh yeah, how you doing? The brawny man. The brawny oh, man. Oh, he re- looks like you know what they they pretty, pretty, they pretty Does he look of- like a bag of hot dogs to you, Bill? No, he looks like Robert Redford in a Butch and uh, Sundance. So that totally makes sense. They they relaunched the brawny man a while ago, and oh, they tried really? to make him. Them trying to make him relevant, and they shaved him, which was offensive to me. Oh, but no. they did this series of commercials where it's him addressing ladies like in this cabin with a fire lit, and it's all like like a romance novel cover. That was I you know I think there was there was a running gag on The Simpsons for a while about how the only person uh, Marge Simpson ever fantasizes about that's not Homer yes. Simpson is the brawny guy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, are you ready to do this, my friend? Yeah. All right, everybody, it's Geek Week in Review. First and foremost, uh, this week, I think it was this last week's Adventure Time episode by Mr. Steve Wolford um, was notable uh, in that we got to see Finn fall apart a little more uh, as a result of meeting his dad and losing his arm. Spoilers, Bill. Finn loses his arm. For forever? Uh, who knows? It's only been a couple episodes bum, now. Bum, Started bum. this last season, Finn lost his arm. Oh, but, so he's, uh, it's actually been multiple episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe he's on uh, track to become Fight King, because I know Fight King has a missing arm, so maybe it's like it's a, t- a time loop. True. Well, the alternate universe pin, Finn, which you may not have met yet, oh, has see, a cyborg arm. See, this so. is the other story. I started I started back up on watching Adventure Time this week, but I didn't make it very far because A, I accidentally chose a couple episodes that I'd already seen before, and B, I realized I can't... Uh, the only time I really get to watch stuff these days is while I'm working. And Adventure Time is such yeah. a visual show where yeah. so much of the gags are about what you're seeing on the screen that it's not one of those it's not a very good like radio show you can't you have you, you have to pay attention to what's going on yeah this is true so i didn't i didn't keep your, i didn't watch as much as, as i really wanted to this week you gotta keep them so so what else so you're talking oh you're but, talking about emily yeah i was gonna say this week had uh, uh emily carroll's <laughs> character cameo what i think is most astonishing about this is that steve is is longtime friends of uh oh yeah internet sensation emily carroll and my sweetest bro and the best part is that not only did he add this character, it's Emily, is that the person they cast, this comedian, they got to, and by the way, fuck me for just using the word comedian, <laughs> um, uh, this comedian they got to voice Emily, <laughs> this character of Carol sounds. Just like they're just a little little bits sort of like did Steve like have a recording of Emily to like prompt her or something? It was a why is it that much like Emily? All the little sounds yeah. she makes. It was it was pretty good. It was pretty fucking astonishing. Also, it makes me feel like I'm in some sort of weird alternate universe 
where a TV show I like that is made by a friend oh, yeah, of mine that is has a weird, weird. in-joke character of a friend of mine. Yeah. What world am I living in? It's bizarre. Especially a super popular... It's not just some obscure random show. And, yeah, I love how Steve Wolfhart's kind of taken over that goddamn show right now. I love... Every time Foley uh, uh, <laughs> was talking to a woman who was really excited to learn that we, we knew someone who was involved in Adventure Time because it was how this woman bonds with her son. They watch Adventure Time together. Uh-huh. And uh, she was like, to, to describe any episodes that Steve were involved in, it's like invariably the weirdest episodes that have aired. <laughs> Those are the Steve episodes. Has he snuck your cut into an episode yet? I'm sorry, what? Has Steve snuck his cat haircut into one episode yet? No, but there was a cat Rackamine character. Oh, really? Okay, that totally makes sense. I'm honestly surprised that someone hasn't offered uh, Steve a production uh, deal yet. You know... Which, that's a terrible... Man, that's very Silicon Valley of me me to say where I I can't believe a friend of ours hasn't been offered a production deal yet, but... Steve is is an amazing man, and I would love to see him do... As much as I enjoy his part of Adventure Time, I hope that he does get to use it as a springboard into doing something that is 100% thing. I just want to see what his production shingle looks like. Yes, of course. Shingle, that's the word I'm looking for, yeah. Yeah, no, it would probably be just a self-portrait of him just kind of like wringing his hands together and just like sweating. (laughs) Calamity John just suggested us, just suggested Bill that you do a search for Rule 34 (laughs) Musinets mascot Starman Vickers. I already have, and unfortunately nothing comes up. Well, I didn't do an image search. last week brought up the, the have you ever heard of burger chef no burger chef is a now extinct burger chain that was only really kind of popular in the 60s and 70s and i can mm-hmm. i've already completely forgotten why i brought this up it's something about mascots um oh you were saying this is i had something important to say about burger chef and how it relates to this, this mascot conversation especially <laughs> anyway, the rule 34 part of it um, Continuing with the Geek Week in Review, Bill notes, first off, butt stuff. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, there's not a lot of stuff that happened this week. Any, right. any, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down for butt stuff? I don't really know what you mean in general. Butt stuff! You don't know what butt, what? St- you know, just butt stuff. This is not like a specific reference to anything, just butt stuff. Just like butts cosmically, stuff related yeah, to just, butts, yeah, or butts like in the humor. bedroom, just butt stuff. Can't believe we're having this conversation. I thought of all people I could just say the word butt stuff to, and you'd you'd. Do you you'd mean be... anal sex, Bill? Not even necessarily anal sex, but if you, you just want to play around with the butt or just look at the butt. My wife has a really nice butt. When she got her suit done, my favorite thing about the whole process was when they were filling out the form. Yeah. Uh, for there's a part because you're doing all these measurements and also just kind of general descriptions. And there's these little check boxes. Oh God! And no wonder you haven't to... gotten your own suit yet. That would horrify me. They get to my wife's buttocks, and they <laughs> just put... Form? Is, that a, is that an area on the form? The butt region is a measurement that you take, <laughs> and, they should, and how they, the They should change the it to butt stuff. Because they, they fill out... And for um the butt or the butt region for Foley, they just put HP, and they're like, what does that mean? High and prominent. My Foley, <laughs> Foley, has, a, Foley has a high and prominent ass. It is a fine... Did you get to see what the rest of the parts were registered as? Those, those that was the most in uh, was the best part of the whole thing. But last night we went to a work party that was a lot of fun. It was fifties themed, yeah. so I got to wear my banging vampy blue dress. Oh, and you had the blue fully... dress on! Jesus Christ! 
fully dressed as kind of a greaser. And this is the thing is hilarious. So I had to wear my goddamn torture heels and a dress where, like, my the girls are out on display. Meanwhile, full, so I'm mildly uncomfortable all evening um, just from what I'm wearing. And fully uses as an excuse to go out and buy shit kicker boots and, like, new badass belts. And I'm like, how did this happen? Where are Annie's shit kicker boots? That's this all I'm saying. Acceptable. You guys could but, be, you could be the, bu- you could be a good butch couple together is all I'm saying. You don't have to necessarily uh, fall into the vamp category every time. I like, I like to either tomboy or fab it up. Oh, no. Although you do get you know? good vamp, that blue dress is a hell of a thing. That blue dress it's is just like my, my preference is I like to do the tinge of. Could you stuff. not uh, just wear like flats with that dress? I can't. This is not even a. I like we're not even doing a podcast conversation now. We're just having a conversation. Could you not just um, do flats with that dress? Well, it was a mid-century modern sort of event. Oh, so I yeah, it was a very specific kind of thing. thing. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. And also, I'm trying to get better wearing heels. So I was like, oh, I'll wear my heels, but yeah, I'm like fucking dancing. Do you have to like worry about your ankles or anything? Yes, I am a delicate bear, and I roll my ankles a lot. Mostly because I'm not any good at wearing heels. Well, that's so what I'm saying. Well, practice. yeah, well, that's that's kind of, like, what you're saying is that's justification to wear more often, so you get more used exactly. to that stuff. I need to get my heels. Well, that's the thing, stronger. like, I could see the, the wearing the dress is already one thing, but double that with the heels, and it's like, you really are forced in the most feminine role possible, then. I how, was How do you wearing... manipulate, with your boobs shoved up in your face like that, that's the other thing. Oh my god, I have I have man boobs, but at least I can, they're just, they're not gonna get, like, I can look down at least, but yeah, if you've got your boobs and they're already shoved up and just like, god. There's not a that, lot of infrastructure involved in that ensemble, I'll just say that. No, I can so imagine, not that anyone's moving. complaining, like, Jesus Christ, boobs, holy but shit. But at some point in the night, I did switch to my sneakers. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so but, you're just... Um, that's when I, like, the dancing started, like, I did my presentation thing that I had Aww. to do, and then I'm like, fuck it, sticking, switching to the, to the vans. What was the presentation? But, um, uh, the, oh, I did the drawing for awards at this event. Oh, okay. Um, or the raffle for prizes. Fully raffled off a really badass ink wash that she did, like, this vaguely, um, uh, Christina Hendricks looking broad. I was really pleased with. So pretty much um, you. But, <laughs> uh, I don't, I ain't got them, them gams, son. Does but she anyway, have games I never even noticed. Uh, the uh, uh, she dressed. She was like, "Okay, well, I'll just dress as a, a greaser." So she was wearing these really nice pants, and every time she walked away, I was like, so "People would be talking to me." I'm like, "Hold on." All right, continue. She got a nice badonk dunk, but I like watching her walk. It away. is very I'm cute because both of you guys fall into that same role when you guys are, are out together. Both of you guys are just like it's obvious that you guys are both going to get well fucked at the end of that night. It's almost like I married a person I'm attracted to. I know, but both of you guys, but it's, it's, so many people, like, like, stop being whores for each other <laughs> in public, you know, after a while that kind of dies down, but you, both of you guys are still, like, it's like you guys are still first dating. It's very cute. I am very attracted to my wife. Yeah. She well, is Well, no, that's really a good thing. Handsome. Yeah. Bill, I hate to break your heart, but we came home, I peeled off all my infrastructure and put on pajamas. Oh, we really? watched an episode of Once and then went to sleep. How do you guys not just, like, bang, bang each other out of your clothes? You think that would she be the worst She worked a 10-hour day. Oh, okay. Well, that'll, that'll, okay, that's enough. If it was the weekend, and, well, okay, I forgot that she has to work on Saturdays, Yeah. And as my Jesus. wife and I, we were on the way home, I was talking to her, and she was like, this outfit, I, I told her, I'm like, this outfit is kind of assault-proof, because... I'm wearing enough infrastructure that, like, it takes a lot of effort to undo all of this. Wait, what's the infrastructure? Uh, you think it would just be like a like a like a support bra or something, right? Tights, a bra, like there's like a girdle sort of thing involved. Oh, really? There's okay. Some, like, oh, so you really are, are cu- kind of doing the mid-century. It's not just 
Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, okay. That's actually kind of cool. You're really you're actually role playing that. It's not like you're just putting on a fancy dress and saying, "Hey, I'm Mad Men." Well, no. Oh, that's actually. I mean, it's torture for you, but that's actually kind of interesting to hear. Women's fashion is about foundation wear. You got to get the foundation wear. Yeah. Right. Well, no, that's what everyone talks about, but no, everyone's kind of stopped doing that. That that's kind of interesting that you do that. Also, I don't give a shit about like. Sure, I want to make sure the girls aren't gonna come out and play unexpectedly, but more than anything else, I'm like, I gotta strap down the gut situation I got oh, going yeah, on. Yeah. Like, I had three levels of foundation wear that were just about my Aww. former beer belly. So. Wait, how do you keep the girls from bouncing out? This is one thing I never understand with like with like really co- low cut tops. Do you, is there like tape involved? No, I cheated. Tape involved? I know How some people use like like double sided tape and shit like that. Oh, to keep the dress in place. Yeah, that's what no. I'm saying. Yeah, I cheated. I have like a basically a tank top that's like a compression tank top. Oh, to okay, that's perfect. That, oh, okay, 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 yeah, because that really is just. This shows how Bill, little Bill knows about, like, okay, yeah, that's good. It keeps my plunge from going too deep, but that's okay, because it was a work-related thing. Yeah, that's the like... other thing, because I can imagine that you want to show off your boobs, but you, you well, you want to make it known that you have boobs, but you don't want to show, like, 98% of the boobs. Well, it's not even, to say they show, to show off is, like, it's, it's just, like, it's part of my body and dresses are there and that's compliments my body. So it's not like I'm like, hey, everybody, I got giant knockers, everybody, do you have some giant knockers? It's just like, what am I going to do? Not, like, try to obscure my giant knockers? Oh, no. Well, if anything, I don't think it's a matter of you putting, like, your tits on display as much. It's like, you tend to downplay your tits as much as possible. So it's interesting where you're put in a position where, just by default of what you're dressing, like, is, you know, it's... I don't try to downplay my tits as much as possible. What makes you say that? Um, well, you do. You spent two years walking around with that big censored bar, like, that pixelated censored bar. Just, like... That's true. Like, just holding it up against your chest whenever you're being photographed in public. There is that. That's kind of weird. So anyway, believe it or not, this is the Geek We Can Review portion of our segment. Uh, Sony announced 12 new indie games for the PS4, including, I'm excited about these. Yeah, it's pretty Spelunky, cool. Spelunky, Nidhogg, that weird pixelated fencing game, Apotheon, a pretty 2D combat adventure game where you're running around bronze Had you Greece. seen that before? I never even... I heard of it and I saw some screenshots. I just only saw footage last time and was looking up notes for the Geek We Can Review. A 2D Super Metroid clone, a 3D sandbox resource trading game in space called Drifter. Ironclad Tactics, a Civil War-era card-based tactical game that comes in its own in-game graphic novel. A double-fine puzzle platformer called Escape Goat 2, and they only published that. That wasn't the double-fine game. I didn't realize they they published games that they didn't uh, develop. They started doing that. They did that for Escape... I think they call it Double Fine Presents. They did it for Escape Goat 2, and then they did it for this Kickstarter that just um, got funded called Last Life. That looks pretty mm, cool. Which, that's a great name for, a, like, an environmental puzzle game, Escape Goat. <laughs> well, you play as a goat. It's ridiculous. It's apparently supposed to be ridiculous. What's that I look with forward to playing it on my PS4. All of a, sudden? Uh, a top-down co-op shmup called Jamestown, a 3D Metroidvania game called Source, and another fencing game called Starwall. So, this one much sillier. Yeah, Star Wall. It's actually yeah, it's another fencing video game. Except you're playing as a space whale. You're uh, essentially a space narwhal, and it seems to be up to oh, four yeah. players at once. Just everyone's just randomly attacking each other, and you're floating around like double ended over space and stuff. It seems pretty cute. That's adorable. Yeah, I I want uh, there. I don't. I miss out on all these games just because they're not on the GD Max. Yeah. So and also I do prefer, as I've said a bajillion times, to play things on in the living room on the TV with my wife with a controller well, than on the computer anyway. So yeah, so I'm P- PC people being like, oh, these games I've played them years ago. Well, it was like Spelunky. Like 
everyone's already played that. That's already available on a thousand different things. But like all these other games, well, yeah, exactly. If you're all a console only person, uh, yeah, this is this is good news to hear. This is I don't know. Fuck people. It, it's people. like anything that you can use to broaden the reach for these sorts of games, I'm in favor of. Yeah, fuck people so. who want to be all like, oh, you're just playing that now. I played Jamstown a year ago. Well, Having that's... said that, when Gone Home comes out for consoles, I'm going to be an asshole. She says, drinking her from her Gone Home-themed <laughs> mug. That's right. Uh, la- longtime Tony Hawk studio Neversoft is being folded into Infinity Ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Didn't Neversoft do some of the, uh, am I can? Yes, you're completely correct on both accounts. Fuck. <laughs> they worked on the Garage, not Garage Hero. Didn't, haven't they worked on some of the Call of Duty games? Uh, I think the Call, I think, what was the most recent Call of Duty game? Was that Ghosts? I yes. think they helped with some of the map packs, and I think that's what convinced uh, Never, or, uh, Activision to say, hey, well, you guys aren't working on Tony Hawk anymore, and you're not working on... Uh, they also worked on a lot of the uh, Guitar Hero games. Yes, this studio is I'm used thinking. to working on Activision franchises that are being milked the fuck to death. And, which is a shame because it, no one got fired or anything like that. They're just being they're just they're just taking this NeverSoft group and just uh, merging them with Infinity Ward, which is this the remains of what's left of the studio that first invented Call of Duty to begin with. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's really just um it's kind of a shame because NeverSoft made a lot of great games. I mean, they're the studio that made the Tony Hawk games. They're the one who invented that shit, and uh, that was uh, that was kind of their calling card for the better part of a decade. And uh, yeah, kind of sucks to see them go away, but. I guess it's not like they would like. It's not like we're missing out on a great Tony Hawk game franchise revival that could have happened if this didn't happen. But I don't know. this is a weird time for games. It's amazing that NeverSoft lasted as long as they did. Well, this is. I mean, just these two uh, news stories happening in the same week again. That that this is kind of further proof of you know this big AAA developer being smushed into another big AAA developer. Uh, just to keep on making Call of Duty games. I mean, that's one symptom of of, yeah. of of where big console games are going. Meanwhile, you know, this big console uh, manufacturer, Sony, announces like, well, the big news of their week is actually this list of, uh, a flood of new indie games for that, for that same platform. Yeah. And so, yeah, it really is uh, the industry really skewing towards simpler, smaller indie games. And, Which and, I'm fine with. I'd rather have more small games than one big game every once in a while. I mean, look at Double Fine. Like I love Psychonauts. I love um, Brutal Legend. Well, I love Brutal Legend, but I'd much rather have them come out with. Oh yeah, this shit is a, a godsend for a company like Double Fine. So they're not no longer like a, their arms were always too short to to box with God when it came to AAA development. I mean that's 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 how Brutal Legend got so fucked up in the marketplace. But it is nice to see even the console space turning towards more being much more indie friendly, which is which is good for those guys. Yeah. yeah, and it'll be good for consumers having more options not, in the market than just like your your usual Call of Duties is a good thing. Yeah, not to say consoles are the be all end all of video games, but there's still a lot of people like us, which we're very console specific game players, I and mean, we can play stuff on the on 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 the Mac or PC. But it's still nice to have console versions of all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, the Tomodachi Life LGBT controversy. Yeah. Did you hear much about this? 
Uh, yeah, so Nintendo came out with this game, uh, or I should say they're porting a game that is, uh, the whole idea is that it's basically like a life simulator. It's kind of like, I mean, for all intents and purposes, really high level, it's kind of like an Animal Crossing sort of thing, but without, you know, it's about you and your me's and the people yeah, in your exactly, life yeah. and kind of a Sims sort of thing. And the big thing is that you play as your me and you have in your me's you have your friends and you develop relationships with them. And a big part of the content is when you meet someone and you marry them and uh, the original version only ha- it has hetero characters. So in the, it's like in the Japanese man, version, yeah. Exactly. When you're a man, you meet a woman, or a woman, you meet a man. And there was uh, outcry because, like, if I'm, I, I cannot, if when I play this game, the only way I can marry Foley is if I make her a male character. Mm-hmm. Um, which I will just say this that's what I did anyway for me because it looked weird to have Foley in a dress. Oh, that's right. That's the, the default for those characters, yeah. Yeah, so like there are there are lots of problems here, and the internet freaked out, and um, there was a big groundswell thing to add same sex relationships, and um, Nintendo kind of whiffed it the first time around, yeah. where they came out and their response was um, the exclusion of uh, homosexual relationships was not intended to be a statement, and someone's response to that that I think kind of summed it all up. Which was, um, if I created a game that was only homosexual relationships, that would be construed as a statement. Yeah, exactly. And I thought that was actually the kind of most succinct sort of response to it. But then they came out belatedly, Nintendo's response to the response to the response was just the more pragmatic, guys, this game is done. This is just a port. Like, we will absolutely, in future games... Um, look at uh, uh, trying to have a more holistic and inclusive approach, but this is a game that's already baked, and like, it's like... Which, that was actually, for Nintendo, that was actually a very very forthcoming apologetic statement. Um, But yeah, yeah, that first one, I can't believe they couldn't see this situation coming where that first statement where it was just so tone-deaf and not really understanding what the situation was. And the fact that they th- this this game had come out in Japan like a good year or so ago, so they had a whole yeah. year to kind of anticipate problems with this. Yeah, and Nintendo of America, their localization department is usually pretty savvy about this stuff. Not that you know, not that they always go out of the way to fix stuff like this, but at least they seem to be able to anticipate some issues like this. Um, but yeah, it's so weird that they totally did not see this whole situation coming, and like at first responded to it so weirdly and coldly and clinically. Yeah. And just exacerbated everything. But, yeah, yeah, at least they were forthcoming with saying, hey, yeah, this game is... Well, especially, even before uh, Nintendo's first initial statement about how they're not trying to make a political statement, that was actually the second of three statements they made about... It. Originally, their first statement was Bill Trinan, the head of their localization uh, team uh, at Nintendo. He just came out and said, well, we were going to patch the... There's a glitch in the game in the Japanese version that allows two people of the same sex to have a baby, but we didn't patch that out. And that was his whole response as to whether or not it would there would be uh, uh, same-sex relationships in this new game was just to say, well, we haven't patched it out of the game yet. <laughs> Which, that's, yeah. not, that's not a yes or no. Just saying, well, this it, it, technically it's possible it's a mistake, but trying to make it sound like it's a positive thing that we haven't patched it out yeah. yet... And that was even worse. And so at least on the third try, they got it right in terms of their answer about this stuff. But, yeah, woof. Yeah, but it's it'll be really interesting to see if, if they ever come out with another Tomodachi game to see what Japan does. Because I know uh, Nintendo is an extremely conservative company, and Japan in general is very conservative when it comes to this kind of stuff, too. Les- lesbian, gay, LGBT stuff is very yeah. stigmatized and very... Not that it's, you know, yeah. super popular over here in the United States, but 
we, we no, but it's a it's a cultural thing. It's a, yeah, it is a cultural know, thing. So to some degree, um, something <laughs> with Nintendo, especially in a company that is as I mean as conservative family values as Nintendo is. Yeah, like they go out of their way to be kind of. Well, that's I mean, thing. it's it's Nintendo... it's a thing where their main franchise is a mushroom eating plumber that's Italian, yeah. but still they do try to be very conservative and very kind of family friendly in the most benign way possible. Yeah, Nintendo. Well, to to their kind of own detriment, they're so worried about coming off as fam, 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 uh, family friendly. That's what I'm kind of surprised about how kind of even tempered and not super forward thinking, but at least not dismissive of gay stuff. This 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 yeah. most recent thing was because. Yeah, Nintendo's always done everything as as much as possible to not rock the boat when it comes to any kind of politics, especially with their mo- more casual software and stuff. But yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens because I mean, this Nintendo seems like they're looking towards getting out of conventional video games altogether with whatever yeah. quality of life technology they're coming out with next year. So maybe this is them saying, you know what, we're not going to be making too many more of these games anyway. So fine, we'll fuck. We'll just say if we come out with another one, we'll think about gay stuff, but. Knowing that, yeah. well, we're probably never not going to do one of these again anyway, so give a shit. Man, but. Nintendo, what the hell is that? Man, what are video games going to look like in a couple of years? That's what I'm saying. Well, start. then, yeah, again, going back to this, to the state of the uh, Sony and Microsoft AAA development kind of falling apart. Yeah, you have Nintendo kind of moving away, from, potentially maybe moving away from games in general. Well, um, I mean, I think it was a big statement of theirs in having their their disinterest in HD games, like truly HD games, yeah. just because they're so fucking expensive that Nintendo doesn't even want to play in that field because they know they can't afford to. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's just kind of an interesting place. For uh, right probably the most horrifying thing Nintendo has actually done recently. Have You haven't seen too much about the new Mario Kart? No. So there are motorcycles in the new Mario Kart. Uh, one of which is a mechanical Yoshi motorcycle. Essentially, it's essentially you're just riding a robot mo- uh, Yoshi, which must be horrifying because then if you choose Yoshi as a character to ride a mechanical <laughs> Yoshi motorcycle, which does Yoshi have a mechanical Mario to ride? That's my I question. No, yeah, there should uh, there should be oh yeah, there should be horrifying mechanical sex bots that you could race of all the characters. Wait, wait, you know that that bit in Saints Row where you have the pony play chariots. <laughs> I want Yoshi's. I want Yoshi's car to be a chariot pulled oh by Mario and Luigi. Naked Mario and Luigi. Robo naked Robo. Oh, they're like play. naked with like bits and chains and stuff. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Oh. Oh, something tells me that someone on the internet has drawn this at length. Uh, a company called Analog Interactive will start selling yeah. $500 aluminum NES controllers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. For, for you, these are consoles for your, your, carved Eurovision from Eurovision fans. Yeah. For, uh, these are consoles carved from solid chunks of aluminum with the guts of cast off NES and Famicom strapped inside. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, although I saw people in NeoGAF complaining about the most important component of the system, which would be... Uh, a converter which would let you uh, send an HDMI signal to your TV, essentially the H- HDMI connector, does not come with this $500 uh, Nintendo console, and it has to be purchased separately for 50 bucks. Which they're right mm. to point out, if you're charging $500 for an, a 35-year-old 8-bit console, you should probably put in the goddamn HDMI connector in there for free. You're paying $500 for a weird-ass bespoke... Like, like, reconfigured piece of ancient hardware, dude. Yeah. I'm just saying. At the very least, would make for a great murder weapon. 
Because, like, that big <laughs> chunk of heavy aluminum, like, Bill, oh, man. in the library I, with the aluminum NES console. So I guess, like, part of the thing is, like, supposedly the aluminum... Alu- al- now I think I want to say aluminum case. I was to see if case. I could get you to do that. Supposedly <laughs> the metal is supposed to, like, shield the signal so you get a clear signal to the TV or some shit like that, but... Yeah. You know, the weird thing is Nintendo no longer owns the patent on Famicom and NES uh, chips anymore, so anyone can make oh, really? an NES console these days. Huh. Uh, which is why you know, I was wondering about that because you'll see it like the grocery yeah, store. Yeah, exactly. That's these... what happened. I didn't understand yeah. that until fairly recently. Which, how do you? Uh, you think that's at the grocery store? What a Portland-centered sentence that was, by the way. I know exactly. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. But yeah. Anyway, so that that's that. Orange is the New Black is renewed for a third season. Chocolate and vanilla swirl, swirl, <laughs> swirl. Notes, Bill. Yeah, no, HBO like, must love this shit. Has the second season even aired yet? Uh, no, well, it also got renewed for a second season, even before the first season aired last year. Which, uh, right before that premiered, everyone was like, oh, that must be pretty good, pretty uh, pretty good symptom about this first season. HBO must really love it if they're going to renew it for a second season, even before, before anyone's even had a chance to see the first one, so... Yeah, I mean, but it's smart because they can get this content to, to air, quote unquote, so quickly. Well, they may exactly. as well just hit the ground. Yeah, running. this new second season that's going to start airing in a couple weeks here will be airing less than a year since the first season had aired too. Which it, it was for kind HBO of shows can sometimes be that that sometimes there could be a year gap or a more than a year gap with uh, seasons on HBO shows. So I had a false alarm when I booted up Netflix the other day because they're pushing all these behind the scenes things. Oh yeah. And I was like, "Oh, it's new oranges that Oh, it's not new oranges and new black." Yeah, it should be coming up soon though. At least you get a, Another... a couple more episodes of Lauren Propone or whatever the hell her name is. Propone. Man, Man we... I just found out she's a Scientologist. That kills my bones. Yeah, you know what? Her. How'd you find out about that? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, because uh, I got the New Entertainment Weekly, which had a cover story in Artists in New Black. And that that's one of the things they mentioned in there, that supposedly uh, the reason she decided to leave halfway through the next season is because she got offended because of some kind of solid sign. Oh, it was because <coughs> supposedly uh, the Church of Scientology got upset with her playing a gay character. Ooh. And although she denies that in the magazine, there were still rumors that brum, 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 which that just... Uh, I hate that lady's character so much that just makes me even happier. Uh, that's <laughs> why. Whatever gets it. her character off the show. Oh. Speaking of TV news, Community was officially canceled. But you know what? Thank God. I like Community, but there, all I've ever heard about Community, even before I started watching it, was like, oh, is Community going to come? Every year, with its renewal was like this big, this big like, oh my God, everyone like wringing their hands and or everyone campaigning to bring it back. The fact that it's dead, I mean, at least... That's mm-hmm. it's fu- fucking dead and gone. You can stop worrying about it now. Move on with your life. Yeah, it was good, but it was not worth that much of everyone flipping out about it. I'm talking about in terms fi- of like whether or not it gets canceled. I, I, I want to make worth... a comment about Firefly here, but I'm gonna move oh. on. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it kind of is the new fire. It's the comedy of Firefly. Where I mean, although this is. This is at least around for more than like six episodes, so at least it kind of justifies people freaking out yeah, about oh it. Oh no, but... I'm I'm being a dick just for dick dickishness I sake. I know. More importantly, in things that I care about, Hannibal was renewed. Yeah. Supposedly, the only reason it was renewed is because it's mostly financed by weird European people. <laughs> yeah. The only reason I even say weird is because whenever anyone talks about it, they just talk about the European financing for that show in the most weird Vegas kind of ways, which almost makes it sound like it's financed by, like, weird, like, European cannibal drug mules or something like that. (laughs) Like, where's this money coming from? No one wants to talk about who's actually paying for the show about a weird cannibal. 
but I really want this show to be able to to do Brian Fuller's weird full Hannibal arc idea. I want to get to uh, Silence of the Lambs and shit. I want to well, see this happen. It sounds like if they actually capture Hannibal at the end of the season, the next ep- the next season would have to be Manhunter, which would make the fourth season Silence of the Lambs. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But yeah, no. I, you know, I wonder if they're going to give him the same deal that he got with uh, Brian Fuller got for the f- first two seasons, which was uh, not only does he get renewed, but he gets a 13-episode order straight off the bat so he doesn't have to worry about being canceled in the mid-season. I wonder if, they're the, yeah. again, we're guaranteed 13 more episodes or if he just comes back for a couple episodes and he has to worry all season long as to whether or not they're going to get shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we'll see. I mean, no, no. Most importantly of all, Agent Carter is getting her own TV show. Which, Agent Carter B. Explain this to me, because you're the one who, who flips out about this. She is the, um, in the Captain America movie, the original, the original, yeah. the first Captain America movie with Chris Evans, with the Joe Johnson Captain America movie. Is she Agent a Carter character? Is she pre-existing, or is she just made up for You the are movie? asking the wrong person. Oh, you just like that in. character, though. She's hot as hell! She's rad! I want to watch a TV show oh. about this badass, like, British Secret Service agent. Is it going like, to be the like, same actress? I don't know. God, I hope so. This show not, really I'm all is about uh, the people on TV. We want to bone like crazy. Also, fully well, split. She's like she's really cool because she. Uh, I don't know. She's just kind of a badass character. Oh, I, yeah. I remember very little from that movie, but uh, although at least from Captain America too, we know she doesn't die or anything like that. Yet. This name but no, this she was just kind of she's just a neat looking broad and I like the idea of like an action espionage show uh, with uh, uh, this Agent Carter character kicking ass. Is she and, not uh, Agent Carter? What? Is she not Agent is she... Carter? She is. Oh, I thought you meant her hanging out with Agent Carter. I misheard that. No, 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 no. Okay. With this Agent Carter character kicking ass. So, but it's gonna, be, it's gonna be a period piece, though, right? I think so. I hope so. Yeah. Does it, well, so, would it take place during World War Two, or to take afterward? Because you have officially, Bill, the information that you put down is all that well, I know. I've never my seen the movie, so I'm not, I'm not quite sure if her story ends like if it ends at the end of World War Two, or if there's like wiggle room in the like maybe it's a prequel even before she meets Captain America. All I know is that I now have a Halloween costume. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I will totally dress like Agent Carter. You totally could. She's rad. What does Fully get to dress as, then? She could be Captain America. It'd be rad, actually. <laughs> Are you kidding? What was, the, the, what was the notation? High and prominent? High and prominent. High and pro- that's going to be the name of this week's episode. <laughs> High and prominent. High and prominent. It's not wrong. Oh. Uh, let's see. Moving on. What else? Uh... Roberto Orki might end up writing and directing the next Star Trek movie. I don't fucking know Star Trek people. I know, I'm not person? saying you pronounced it wrong. Roberto Orki. Is that how you say his name? Uh, yeah, he, uh, fun fact, he was one of the pod racers in episode one. Really? Well, that With a name like that, he sounds like he should have been a pod racer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was, uh, so he's uh, the one half of Robert, oh man, who's his writing partner? They wrote like all these goddamn movies. Uh, bear with me for a moment while I Google his butt. See, oh god, who is his writing partner? Oh my god, okay. Um, eh, uh, ooh. Uh. Oh, he was a co-creator on Fringe. Yeah. He, he, well, he's one of J.J. Abrams' guy. 
Uh, he co-wrote everything from Mission Impossible to the Star Trek movie to, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, they, they, uh, he co-wrote the, the, the new Spider-Man movies, which everyone is talking about how specifically the writing in that sp- sp- new Spider-Man movie is fucking atrocious. Yeah. Uh, wait, Alex Kurtman, he and Alex Kurtman, uh, Kurtzman, they've been working together. Yeah, there's, they've essentially been writing together for at least the last 10 years. Oh, man, he wrote The Island, and The Island was fucking terrible. He wrote The Legend of... He oh wrote three episodes of Jack of All Trades, the oh sailpunk uh, syndicated show starring Bruce Campbell. And yes, I did say sailpunk. He's the co-creator of Sleepy Hollow. Is that good? I've yet to watch it. I mean, Fringe was fine. A little bit of Fringe. Oh, I like lo- that when you go to his uh, IMDb entry, if you scroll down to the message boards, now IMDb message boards are notoriously the butthole of the internet. <laughs> They're fantastic, but though, yeah. the first thing is, uh, <laughs> Hollywood, stop giving writing jobs to these guys. <laughs> no, he is totally, like, right up there with, who are the guys, who are the two guys who wrote Pirates of the Caribbean? Like Oh, Terry Ross. Yeah, it seemed and... like there was a decade where those two guys wrote all of Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. And once Pirates of the Caribbean kind of slowly died off, it seems like Roberta Orkey and Alex Kurtzman kind of took over where every big fucking movie. Yeah, I think they wrote the trans. Yeah, they wrote the Transformers movies. They wrote the writing of Spider Man movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess this dude created, helped created Sleepy Hollow. Was a creative consultant on Xena Warrior Princess. Oh man, Jack of all trades. I forgot about that shit. <laughs> yup. So this guy doesn't he. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> but supposedly, I know of the three people who are in charge of the of the two J.J. Uh, Abrams movies of Star Trek. Um, it was J.J. Abrams, uh, Roberto Orki, and this writing partner, Alex Kurtman. Kurtzman. This Roberto Orki guy, oh God, his name is hard to say, was the one guy on the whole staff who was kind of the Star Trek fan. So he was the one kind of responsible for all the, like, the links and gags and callbacks to old Star Trek stuff. So it sounds like, yeah, he's really petitioning to not only be the writer of the next Star Trek movie, but also its director. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully the guy does a better job solo than he ever did with a writing partner. But oof. Yeah. There's a Kickstarter for a Hollywood Sci-Fi Museum to be built in Los Angeles. Essentially sounds like what we saw at the Seattle Sci-Fi Museum years ago turned into a permanent which was man i still had that was a great afternoon though at that science yeah that was a fun museum i was really sad when i went back and i was like fully i have to take you to the sci-fi museum and it was like it at the time it was a much smaller exhibit about captain america yeah we got tricked well when we went there we went to this so was it our first pax we went up to uh to the seattle science fiction museum I can't remember. And this is like yeah. 2007, and we just happened to show up. I We thought this was part of a permanent exhibit, but they yeah. had a shitload of props and models and costumes and stuff yeah. from all these different science fiction movies and TV shows. Every, everything from Star Trek, to, uh, Star Trek to Star Wars to Blade Runner to everything. It was Battle fucking Star Galactica. Crazy. New. Yeah, they had a uh, the the full uh, they they had the 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 what's what what's the little uh, car that uh, Harrison Ford rides around in Blade Runner? The spinner. Yeah, they, they the still sp- have a spinner hanging in oh, the lobby over there. Ticket. They had the spinner. They had like an Enterprise D model. They had a Deep Space Nine model. They had, they had a robot from Lost in Space. Yeah. They had the Queen Alien from Aliens. Oh yeah, I remember. Oh man, I remember. You got freaked out about that Queen Alien puppet being it's there. Fun. It was the real thing. It wasn't just like some mock-up or like part of a tether. I think it was, it was the whole goddamn puppet. dude. It freaked me the well, fuck out, Well, especially the way they had it set up is like you're going through this hallway full of just like, mm-hmm. here's the Rocketeer's backpack. Here's Darth mm-hmm. Vader's suit. 
and you turn a corner and it's just a dead end but at the dead end is just a wall just filling just filled with the a- a queen alien puppet and it was kind of made up so it looked like a door that had just been opened and the queen alien was walking through it was fucking horrifying uh but annie with her uh her uh it was spiderly enough that annie was yeah yeah just give me the fucking wig. But so years later, we keep on telling people about you gotta go to the science fiction museum. They got everything there, and then we found out that was just part of a traveling exhibit there that was just there, uh, just temporarily. Breaks my goddamn. And if heart. you go back now, it's literally just like a fraction of the size and stuff yeah. it once had. It's like you go there, and it's like here's Gene Roddenberry's toilet seat. Yep. <laughs> here's uh, I don't know. here's a picture of a sleeve stack. But what I really liked about that exhibit is that while it ended with all the movie stuff, when you first walked in, yeah. there were a lot of old books and like it was really a stress on the the origins of science fiction in in fiction. Yeah, that and it was so comprehensive. Yeah, yeah, and it like understood that sure you're here to see Darth Vader's helmet, but here's all the and it was in uh, equal attention was paid. Yeah, they even mentioned like very Jules well Bur- done Jules Byrne and H. G. Wells and stuff, and it was oh man, they had the dinosaur mo- like the three D the dinosaur model from Jurassic Park when when they were advocating for still doing like some degree of like the stop, stop motion, motion yeah. bullshit. It was so good. It was so good. But yeah, supposedly this this Kickstarter for this Hollywood science fiction museum sounds like they're trying to build a permanent version of that. Because they have a specific, yeah. uh, very specific floor plan of... Actually, I need to Google this because the board of directors for this place... At first, I thought there was some bullshit. Like, this, it was just... This Kickstarter was being put together by somebody with... Um, just... Just... Who didn't know what they were doing, but... Uh, wait, hold on. Hollywood... Sci-Fi Museum. Um, let's see. So, the board of trustees for this... Uh, museum are uh, Ronald D. Moore, creator of Battlestar Galactica, mm. uh, at least the reimagined version. Rick Sternbach, who's a, who's a production designer for a million Star Trek uh, uh, science fiction movies. Uh, Larry Nemesek, who was a uh, Star Trek writer. Doug Drexler, who was a, a special effects guy. David Gerald, another Star Trek writer. Um, it's 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 actually got some talent behind the concept for this Hollywood sci-fi museum. So. If this seems this seems like this may actually be vaguely legitimate, but really that their floor plans are hilarious because like uh, on the Kickstarter they show a video of like they created like a CGI mock-up of what it's like to walk through this museum. And you walk through the main doors and it's this big open area and right above your head it's the Millennium Falcon and the Enterprise D from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And then you go to like your left, it's like it's like here's the Star Trek wing, here's the Star Wars wing, here's like the yeah. Terminator wing. Well, it's all Hollywood. It's it's not as comprehensive as this uh, Seattle sci-fi exhibit. To be fair, it is the Hollywood. Well, that's sci-fi what we're saying. Museum. But that what we're saying was kind of the cool thing about the Seattle exhibit was yeah. the extra context they gave to it. Like you know, they had a whole little thing about like Ray Bradbury and all those guys. Their their influence yeah. on science fiction. Where this really is, you want to see Terminator puppet? We got the Terminator puppet. Which is not bad, but it's not quite as classy. But this is us just complaining about everything. <laughs> I was going to say, here's why things suck. Duh, 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 duh. But yeah, they have like a little Doctor Who wing. It's very silly. Oh, Phil God. Tippett's Mad God 2 Kickstarter ends in a few days. Yeah, Phil. Well, a kickst- yeah, go ahead. 
Well, a Kickstarter for a documentary called Elstree 1976 just launched. It's about a bunch of English bit players from the old Star Wars movies, like the guy who played Darth Vader, Boba Fett, and random cantina aliens. Yeah, so the first, first Kickstarter here is, yeah, Phil Tippett, he's the guy, well, he's the guy he's who the did He's the dinosaur all... consultant, right? Yeah, he's the, speaking of stop motion you for You have Jurassic one Park. job, Phil. Yeah, That's he's that, that guy. guy. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, he's just, he kickstarted uh, uh, the first half of this Mad God stop motion animated uh uh, film like two years ago now he's doing another one so he's oh, just gotta yeah. but he's like he i think he's trying to get sixty thousand dollars i think he's just about to hit fifty thousand and but mm-hmm. he his kickstarter ends in just a couple days which i might actually throw a couple bucks behind this because uh i've actually interacted with him once or twice on twitter about this kickstarter because i just found out about he's on kickstarter and i love this guy because he's a special effects genius and uh but he seems to have a sense of humor and there were a couple things where Oh, I, I tweeted on Twitter about how people should back him because he spent a couple weeks uh, during the making of Return of the Jedi dressed like a giant orange potato <laughs> as the first test for, like, the Rancor Pit monster thing. Yeah. Because they tried to make, a, like, a big Godzilla suit of that thing first, and he was the guy inside the suit, but they, they decided that looked too fake and they got rid of the footage, and so I was tweeting about how he sacrificed, like, weeks of his life to, like, dressed in this orange potato costume that never worked out. <laughs> and he, he saw that I tweeted about that, and he figured it, and we tweeted at it back and forth at each other once or twice. It was pretty cute. But, yeah, so he's got a Kickstarter that may fail if people don't really pitch in the next couple days. And, yeah, the second Kickstarter for, yeah, Elstree 1976, which is kind of weird because I think they said they've already actually filmed the documentary. They just need money for uh, editing and getting it distributed. Uh, but they've mm-hmm. talked to, yeah, it's ten random people who were in the original Star Wars movies, The essentially English bit players. Like mm-hmm. like I said, like the, well, not really. The guy who played Darth Vader and the guy who played uh, Boba Fett were not bit players. But, like, yeah, most of the other guys are, like, people who played random cantina aliens. But it's just talking mm-hmm. to them about their experiences uh, being part of Star Wars, which I don't know if that sounds interesting to anybody, but I don't know if you're into that kind of stuff. That's a Kickstarter that's going on now. Oh, this is the other interesting thing, too. This, uh, the Kickstarter now seems to have Kickstarters that go on for two months. Hmm. When I checked on this, it had 56 days left, which I didn't realize Kickstarters could go on for that long. Fascinating. <laughs> Good story, Bill. This is the part where Bill murders the podcast by talking too much. And finally, bringing it back to last week's again. episode again. Ugh. Episode three begins filming on Tuesday. <laughs> in the Abu Dhabi Desert sounds like a battle on Tatooine, huh? Yeah. So yeah, yeah they're filming in the Abu Dhabi Desert. There are reports Star that they've Wars. built like what looks to be a centuries-old marketplace Star Wars. with a big crashed spaceship in the middle of it. And uh, they're, supposedly they're bringing in a shitload of explosives for some kind of big battle scene. Star Wars! Star Wars! Oh, Star Wars. Star Jesus Wars. fuck. We're going to be intolerable as this news drips in. Well, hopefully I apologize much... to all the members of the Boy Hattie Nation who don't give a shit about Star Wars. Uh, well, you know what? If it's anything like The Phantom Menace when that first started up, like, once they started filming, like, things got really quiet until, until photos uh, from the set started leaking. Which that mm-hmm. became a funny thing where people were like, "Oh, here's a photo of a of a random prop. What what could this be? Could this be like a new kind of lightsaber? And it's just like a piece of pipe or something like that. <laughs> it's like it's not even like looks like it's like any kind of futuristic thing. It's just like someone sh- or like a picture of someone's shoe or something like that. And everyone's like, maybe this is a shoe Ooh. from Alderaan or like I don't know. Ooh. It's gonna be ridiculous, but oh, Star Wars show. Yeah. 
Wait, have I made you watch Inside Llewyn Davis? I know we've talked about this a dozen times We've already. talked about it repeatedly, and I've told you repeatedly, no, I have not. I, I was watching some of that last night, and that movie's goddamn cute. It's got, you know what? You need you guys need to watch it just because it has an orange kitten in it. It's one of the major <laughs> supporting stars in that movie. Foley would fucking know. love that movie just because of that orange cat. And with that, friends, this was the Boy Hattie Podcast. Uh, we're boyhattiepodcast.com, at boyhattiepodcast on the Twitters, howdy at boyhattiepodcast.com. You can send us an email, or you can use our contact form. In fact, we did get an, e- uh, an email from a listener last week entreating us to go see the Spider-Man movie. Uh, here's the thing. I will go see this GD movie because it's, it's Spider-Man, and I will probably wait until it's like... Two dollars, and I can not have a beer. But see, a listener, CJ Sharples, said, "You guys need to check out the new Spider-Man film. Peter Parker is incredibly likable and lives up to the cheeky one-liners and bad guys from the comics. There's not any kind of chosen one element of it. There's see, really only one main villain, Electro. The Green Goblin is present in order to start the Sinister Six. It's a good movie. See, that runs completely contrary to everything else I've heard. That, like, yeah. huh? That's interesting." At the end of the day, I just want um, Andrew Garfield and a Stone to um, quip at each other and make smoochies. So if that's present, then I'll get something out of smoochies. By smoochies, you mean kisses and not babies, right? Is smoochies your secret word for babies? Yeah. All right, smoochies. We'll talk to y'all next week. My gal bought me washboard and a tub. I put straight on the board. Start to rub. I start rubbing, rubbing on the darn old thing. Now she said, Papa, don't you rub so rough. When you hear me hollering, that's enough. So I start rubbing, rubbing on the darn old thing.